Nobody won't die. But everybody won't go heaven. You see me? As you see me so, me I go yan, me I go speak my mind, me I go yan. Them things say we blind, make we yan. Why are my people so poor? We can't take this no more. Me I go yan, me I go speak my mind, me I go yan. Them things say we blind, make we yan. Why are my people so poor? We can't take this no more. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Make We Yan podcast. This is episode 9 and today we'll be discussing the continental free trade area and what it means. As always, I have with me Basil Anthony Abia. We have a development economist in the house, Joseph Ishaku, and we have an entrepreneur in the person of Mr. Agyu Tsuma. Welcome, guys. This is the first time Tsuma is coming, and we are really happy to have you. So, yes, you. the continental free trade area, what does it mean? Joe, can you help? Let's break it down, what it really means. So, the continental free trade area simply um, represents Africa as a continent operating as a single market whereby you have free movement of goods and um, services. Okay. What's, what are the advantages, um, what are the possible benefits of this um, free movement of businesses, investments, um, people across the, across the continent? So... It's an economic setup. So, like, we have different states in Nigeria, and you can take your goods from one state to another without um, customs officers stopping you at state borders. Mm-hmm. It's simply an extrapolation of that kind of idea to cover the entire African region. Okay. So, just as you can move goods from Abuja to Nasarawa freely. Mm. Um, you could now move goods from, say, Kigali to Dar es Salaam. I would like to add to that as well. Um, prior to the agreement, trade within Africa itself was at, according to Kagame, was just at 20% um, of the 100% potential. Of trade. Yeah, volume of trade. So, um, with the CFTA, we could push up to 50% if, if possible in the next decade, and that could mean a lot. Um, but forgetting that in, uh, in terms of percentages, what you're seeing in Africa is trade between African countries with the, those of the European and the North American countries. And, and the Asian countries. Yeah, but we are always at a disadvantage when it comes to that trade. Always at a disadvantage. If we start to trade within ourselves, that could actually change in the sense that it builds up our manufacturing sectors. For instance, the manufacturing sector in Nigeria is probably at the lowest point we've ever had in the country. So you imagine you get that CFT and there is a demand for a certain Nigerian good or a certain Nigerian commodity. Let's say Kenyans love our textile and we probably just only have two textile uh, factories in Kaduna. Because of that demand, our entrepreneurs will start to open up more textile. So that's just a, a little example of what can happen with CFG. Okay, so do you think the advantages of this um, continental free trade area outweighs the disadvantages? Because if, if you export to other people, you, 
you pay you pay tariffs to them because your goods are coming into their countries. Mm-hmm. Do you think Nigeria will lose a lot from the removal of tariffs in Africa? So if we were to weigh the advantages and disadvantages, it would be good if we were outline um, some of the potential implications of yeah. of this, and then actually looking at what has already been agreed upon currently and um, the timeline when it comes to economic integration following this, this, this type of format. So what was signed in Kigali this month was the legal instrument for a continental free trade area. So there was an uh, agreement which was the CTFA, where African um, states came together to um, sign the legal instrumentals to begin the process of liberalizing trade within the continent. So at its present state, it's just an instrument that facilitates further deliberations and implementation of that agreement. So. Um, states will still have to sit down and decide uh, timelines, rules of engagement, define certain integrities of the agreement such as um, countries of origin for manufactured goods, um, such as um, a sensitive list. So 90% of goods are going to have no tariffs attached. While 10% 10% will continue to have tariffs and countries will have to sit down and agree on the goods that will be on that 10% sensitive list. Okay. So these are some of the things that have to be uh, deliberated upon further. Mm-hmm. And apart from trade, there is also the issue of free movement of people. Mm. That's the Kigali agreement? Not, not necessarily. So we have um, trade and People are involved in trade. Yeah. So this agreement will open up uh, free movement for only business people. For business people. Yeah, so um, in, in the future, when integration moves further, we can have the Normal free entity. movement of everybody yeah. and then um, potentially a common currency for the entire continent. But it's independent of this, right? Yeah. Okay. So this basically, yeah, this is like this crazy. basically like the what happened in the in the eighties with EEC before it became the yeah. This yes. is that. This so when you talk about started. regional integration, there are stages uh, of regional integration. Okay. So, so we have usually customs union before more economic freedom of movement, then common currency. Yeah. And I think it was nineteen ninety six. Ninety nine. Ninety nine with EU. Yeah. So. Basically, if you follow that pathway, okay. Um, about and disadvantages. Then, yeah, the advantages and the disadvantages. Disadvantages will be uneven distribution of benefits. I think. How? Uneven distribution of benefits. You can't expect Malawi to be enjoying the same uh, amount of benefits yeah, with with Nigeria, for instance. The sizes of economy. Population. And, yeah. Apart from that, that, you know, <clears throat> see why. If you if you study this recent Britain and Europe EU yeah. issue EU issue you find out that at some point a more developed country would suffer more than 
the, the, the ones that are still developing you find that, that the stress now co- coming together as a, as a country as, as, as one economic region would mean that everybody will have to like donate Yes. Or bring some money into the um, organization, let's mm-hmm. say AU mm-hmm. or, or whatever it will be called mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So you find out that a country like Nigeria that has more resources than every other country and more population mm-hmm. will be giving a lot more than other African countries. And then you find that we'll not have this we'll have stress on our resources because we'll have more people moving down here. Absolutely. Because this is where the good life is. Mm-hmm. You know, we we'll begin to have population problems, migration problems within Africans and and if we don't if we, if we can't if we can't find a way to solve this problem that means we'll probably repeat the mistakes okay. the Europeans have done so these are things that we need to put in check as as early as possible absolutely before we jump into you know repeating the same mistakes I think absolutely. that's to me that's one of the major advantage population and and um, and, 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 and then the stress on on, on some particular countries that will do better than the other ones. For instance, people, it, Italians, um, um, Polish, I mean, Hungarians and Romanians mm. could go to UK, go and get social benefits, yes. live in the UK, mm-hmm. and then go back to their countries, still maintain their houses and their other social benefits. Mm-hmm. Okay. While Brits couldn't do that. That was one of the main, major reasons why um, the, the, the UK had to take that uh, referendum okay. because of this uneven benefits, yeah. Okay, so um, are there other disadvantages? Yeah, but we're not at that stage yet. Mm. So um, maybe looking ahead, yeah, those will be certain lessons that uh, the, the AUC would consider when deliberating on how best to pursue regional integration in Africa. So we've seen that 11 countries um, out of the 55 African countries that, that there are, they didn't sign the agreement. Nigeria and South Africa being one, and they are um, amongst the... Sierra Leone, Togo. And, and, and they are amongst the biggest um, economies of Africa. Um, when asked, the president said he needs more time for him to be able to make the decision because he doesn't want... Yeah to allow Nigeria to be a dumping ground. Yeah. Actually, quoting from CNBC, I'm very sure a conversant with uh, CNBC, that's like the, the number one uh, news agency for business in Africa. Um, two lobby, two interest groups actually pushed the president to back out. I mean, we were in the forefront of, of Labor, negotiations. Labor Congress, right? The Labor Congress and the Manufacturing Association of Nigeria. Nigeria. And of course, as we said, us not being the dumping ground for goods from other African countries were amongst the reasons. Also, NLC, their only major reason was that jobs will be lost. I mean, I don't really agree about cause that because the substantial number of jobs that our manufacturing sector actually provides is absolutely negligible, to be honest. So that argument itself doesn't even hold enough, <laughs> enough water. Speaking from plain terms, if, if, this, if this policy is fully implemented, uh, with the current situation of things in Nigeria would, would actually even lose population because already yes. you have people risking their lives to yes. go to yeah, other, that's what I was trying to say that's what I was trying people to say. are risking their lives trying to go to other parts of of the world so if someone finds out that he, he has a very good potential of making a good living in, in Malawi or, or Tanzania I very honest, will, if I get if I get he'll definitely leave so I think I think that's what the government are more of an afraid of than even people um, uh, 
than saying they are losing their jobs. There's no more job already. I've been seeing so the, people I've just lose the number of people. I've okay. been saying this to, to Benjamin for, for a while now. If I get a venture capitalist who gives me, if I give him a proper business plan, of course, and he gives me $100,000, I'm going to either Zimbabwe or Zambia. East Africa. Or, or East Africa to set up. Because these are countries where skilled labor is much, much appreciated. Yeah, it's appreciated. Well, not, not only that, it's much more... If you compare with their population, skilled labor is very high. Than comparing Nigeria's skilled labor with the, the uh, 180 million people. Mm -hmm. So it means that businesses can thrive there yeah. much more than you can thrive in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Of course, they have constant power, um, not, not much bottlenecks, a better weather. Come on, imagine <laughs> yeah. um, better yeah. weather. So, I mean, and Zimbabwe is just recovering from. Um, from Mugabe, they are opening up their markets. There, a lot of liberalization happening there. So why wouldn't a Nigerian entrepreneur not want to move to Zimbabwe? I mean, it will still be made in, just be a Nigerian product, but among Zimbabwe, all those places, man. Well, you see, what I find surprising is um, the president asking for more time to deliberate and finally come up with a, a decision whether or not to sign the agreement. But this. I think everybody had the same time yes. to prepare because Nigerians should have started work on should have started researching and doing work investigating all these things with other African countries especially um, during the 18th ordinary session of the Assembly of Head of States and Government of the African Union that was held in Addis Ababa in 2012 so I don't think this was a priority for any member of the <laughs> how how yeah. can how can oh, trade and investment because not be a priority for a government that shows that shows that shows if it was like is is better you know to have an answer yes or no and that shows that you've done your homework exactly because yeah, so this is basically asking for more time to do a work that other people are submitting like imagine so, they, they claim to have done the background work but I doubt if it was done properly extensively and was extensively done. I mean for the MAN and NLC to come yeah you know, minutes, we basically. have a Ministry of Industry uh, Trade and Investment mm. we have National Plan a Ministry National Ministry. Office for Trade Negotiations yeah. under them you know and the president was in Addis Ababa last month mm -hmm. and committed it had a position for Nigeria, and that position must have been um, arrived at after getting recommendations from some some of these government bodies. When bidding for the headquarters. So if, if you follow, you see even at the legislative level um, arm of government, Hope Zodumba, who is the chairman of the Senate Committee on Customs, also said that the position of the National Assembly was that of support for the CCFD. So just a week before the 21st, when uh, the president was supposed to be in Kigali to sign this agreement, these two um, civil society organizations expressed concerns, which personally I feel is not well grounded. Yeah. So we can say that the president's decision to withdraw from signing this um, agreement is political? Well, I guess you could argue there's a political dimension to it. Because we were on the track of signing. Yeah, so if well, could it an be organization... That's, it, yeah, could it be that 
some major stakeholders, the rightful stakeholders to make these decisions. Yeah, side. because basically we're sidelined from that is sidelined rather from the beginning of this whole process. Extensive stakeholder mm. engagement. Every here before I develop a position. Yeah, their content. It affects every Nigerian. Every Nigerian. Actually. You understand? So the civil society should be involved in arriving at a Nigerian position. It's not a government position. I think I think the in UK Nigerian even uh, they they had a referendum before they even started the EEC proceedings. Yeah, so it's supposed to be That's how it's supposed engaging. But the political dimension is coming because we have an election next year, yeah. and you wouldn't play blind ears to an organization like Organized Labour. Absolutely. Mm. Especially when you're yeah. in negotiation for a national minimum wage. Mm. You wouldn't want to be at odds with. And that, I think that's one of uh, President Buhari's, so to say, biggest points coming into the 2019 elections. Might be the minimum wage. It should be huge. There's, there's no doubt about that. So, what would this mean for Nigeria if eventually? We don't sign this agreement, and we are not part of the um, continental free trade um, area. So the continent moves without Nigeria, <laughs> because all the heads of governments of other African countries that are present to sign the agreement. Forty-four of them mm. were committed to the agreement. In fact, not we're willing to go ahead without two of the biggest economies. One, one thing that actually intrigued me actually was the commitment from North African countries. I think because of their proximity to the EU with what they're seeing, mm. they had that excitement. They showed that excitement that they actually wanted this deal to come. And I'm speaking of this from the experience I had two weeks ago when the Tunisian businessmen came. Uh, they had this business-to-business uh, -business meeting in, in Transcom Hilton. One of the biggest points for Tunisia's economy is the proximity to EU. They even have Airbus. Airbus has a plant in Tunisia where they do assembling and all that. Trade is quite like they're literally just five agreements away from joining EU just because they're not uh, an European country. So that's to tell you that they actually want the CFTA to actually be a possibility. The same thing with Morocco. Morocco uh, wants to join ECOWAS. They, they absolutely want to join that ECOWAS. They're targeting a market, they want to expand. They understand what it means to have services come into Morocco and, and play. And they have the population to back them. Population is not too large. It's enough. Very skilled labor and all that. So for me personally, I think um, Nigeria is going to be at a big disadvantage when, when CFTA... Well, I think, you know, <clears throat> another thing again, when you are trying to make all these kinds of decisions, you know, there are other factors that... There are other social factors that... I think governments, because of their greed or their negligence, they tend to ignore. You see, for since 1960, since we gained our independence, we've been trying to be a better nation. And agreeing to a program like this, to be honest, I don't know, you might, I might be wrong, but we as a country, we are not fully equipped in terms of knowledge, in terms of skill, and um, I think, yeah, let's just put it in terms of knowledge and skills. Sure. Because you find out that this thing or this um, agreement or trade, the, the CFTA could happen. And all these countries that you put are very eager for it. They are people that they are prepared. Like Tunisia, They've seen this decades before now. 
So, so if if you want to look at it from very very normal a, a plain term, you find out that why we are not even excited, why we are not even why we are not even triggered, because we are not even aware. First of all, you could meet an average uh, an average young man on the street and discuss this with him, and he doesn't even know what how if how effective it would be to him. And you find out that if this is agreed now, somebody from Morocco, a young boy, probably 26, 28, he'll in fact you've seen it in Kano, you've seen it in Lagos, how many Lebanese without the C the CFTA, how Second successful business. they have been in Nigeria. We we have been here for years. In fact, it's like a mirage. <laughs> it's like a mirage to be like, in fact, the common sense is, oh boy, man, I just entire Yankee go blow. You understand? <laughs> but these are people that are from neighboring countries. They've seen it even more than us. So I, I could even say like sometimes, this, this, in fact, this could actually be a blessing. If we can quickly equip ourselves, especially the younger generation, that, hey guys, this is, this is what this is about. In fact, instead of the Ministry of Information to waste resources on, on some irrelevant issues. These are the kind of things they're supposed to invest money in to let the people know. So anytime there's 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 going to be anything like this, the average Nigerian is ready to fire. So what this means for you as an entrepreneur, Toma, yeah. is that once you are able to produce your um, products, your mm. athletic out outfits and mm -hmm. gears and everything, yes, you are free to take it to Ghana. You are free to yes. take it to. Other African, uh, other African countries. And if you discover that um, it's cheaper for you mm. to produce in other African countries, you can have... But excuse me, mm. now somebody in Morocco mm. who is already producing before me... You can collaborate. Brother, it's business. He would move faster than me. Than me. Sure. He would move three steps faster because he already has, he already has the infrastructure. Mm. All he needs is the market. Mm. And now he doesn't have to pay tariffs. He doesn't have to pay tariffs. So he will just yeah. come like, hey so guys. So you'll be taking your market. Simple. I would have to work harder. Three times as hard. Because no one will actually come, except my brand. If my country had already blessed me with the necessary infrastructure, obviously I, had to, I would have to work hard as well. But if we had the necessary infrastructure in place, we've set up our own, we've set up our own industry, and I'm bigger because Nigeria is already big. And my brand is already big. You understand? So if I if I go to Morocco and tell maybe uh, there's a brand called uh, Arrow, I tell Arrow, hey, I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming for you guys. Uh, you know, the strengths they would rather decide to partner with me than to try to compete against me, and then I take over, and we, we sort of come to an agreement. But in the sense where I don't have the necessary infrastructure in place, they would they wouldn't they wouldn't even inform me. They'll come in the night and by morning they're already billionaires. Okay. I think another, another thing too for the CFTA to look at is train, train cannot thrive without transportation. It's a fact. Yes. Um, the difference between the EEC, which is now the EU, at the time when they were having this agreement was there were already trains, uh, there were already rail lines from Paris to Hungary, from, um, from Berlin to Eastern European big cities. So, I mean, for yeah, can we even move from, uh, from Abuja to... to to Garwa, the area. Hunt. Mm. Where is the <laughs> Garwa is in Cameroon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the you, get, you get my so, point. Yeah, that was an excellent point. Mm. The benefits of this agreement outweighs the. Yeah, it's not as if trade volume between African countries is going to multiply by tomorrow. No. It's taking a lot of time. It's easier to um, travel. 
to European, even Asian countries, it's easier to travel to than Dubai. to travel to other African countries. countries. Mm-hmm. So this passenger travel. Yeah. Think about cargo travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to say dramatic shift in the way African. Um, I can imagine the stress in, 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 in Tinker Island if I want to move my goods from here. So so to, to so so the arguments of um, people um, instantly losing their their jobs and it, it doesn't happen. You know it doesn't happen. No, you overnight. have advantages. You don't lose you, you so jobs. So if you have free movement of people. Mm. And in Nigeria, you have a labor market setting whereby there's an organized labor that are able to get a good deal, for instance. Mm. And you have people freely coming in to participate in that labor market. It's likely to drive down wages. So that, that would be a, a disadvantage to the Nigerian worker. And we'll take a position now that will protect his or our interest in the future. Yeah. But we won't see an entrepreneur coming to set up um, a plant overnight saying... Oh, no, he won't. But look, when, look, when there's... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Once there's freedom of movement, mm-hmm. you get me? Let's just... Let's, let, let's use, let me just use um, Abuja and Nasara and let's say Kaduna. Mm-hmm. You understand? Now, um, as early as, say, 91, 92, when Abuja was... The whole capital was just starting. You find out that people that already established in Kaduna were probably the major guys supplying things like table water mm. My example. to My example. people in, in Abuja. Mm. But then you find out that from that period of time, let's say from let's put it from ninety one yeah. till about two thousand and eleven, these guys in Kaduna were making the money. They just they kept on. They just came here with their money, just found a few sellers. A supply some people even from Cardinal came here, opened their shops and started yeah. distributing. Yeah. And then obviously over time people realized okay to cost to cut cost. We should set up. We should we should now set up a plant. And then other people could copy and set up, mm. you know, but then these guys with the industry experience would always be have an edge w- over would always have an edge over the other guys that are just trying to catch up. Mm. So now let's look at it from a broader view. There's already there are already um, cargo means of there's already means of of transporting um, goods and services, air and sea. Yeah. So like we uh, we've said, let's say see this. Do you know where your common um, title sardines come from? All the way from Morocco. Yeah. All my life, I used to think it was something made in, made in Nigeria. <laughs> in Nigeria, but then I I discovered that it was coming all the way from Morocco. Morocco. Then imagine when the market is even free. free. So, cost of side <laughs> this, this, this is the message we should take to the streets. <laughs> this is the message we should take to the streets. You understand? Imagine when everything is not free, then and then a Niger, a Nigerian guy knows, ah, 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 sardine, oh boy. Sardine go cheap. But then, where we this, where you, you get the funds to set up a plant? Do you know how many noodles have people have created noodles, 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 noodles but it's still the common one made by Dufi, Indomie. 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 That we all st- we, we, we majorly buy most of us that's See, what we buy start, so, start a company that makes noodles in Nigeria it will be called Indomie exactly that's how it is so no matter who you are how you come now it will take time you only get bits bits of the market but then the major so that's how it is if only our population were educated 
in the right way, yeah. prepared for for certain things in life, like providing goods and services. It's not about what is commerce. Commerce is very, very, very. It's about how do I trade, sir? Tell me how to trade. It's about putting, not the one that's going to go and do IT in, in an office and is used as an errand boy to go and buy rice and beans. No. It's about, oh, okay, this is how I negotiate. Oh, this is how I do How things. does the uh, supply chain, how does it work? How does it work? You find out that like now be, there's, there has been a very, very cr- mad craze for agriculture. Agriculture, everyone now is farming who eats it. Mm. Like, people but don't then, even understand it. But then there's a value chain in agriculture. There's transportation. Mm. There are the basic things, the plants, the seedlings, mm-hmm. the, the, the other things. Processing. Beyond even the food itself. Um, uh, warehousing. Warehousing. Mm. And it goes on and on. So, if we can address these issues, you understand? Mm. For me, like, I, 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 I didn't see myself coming to, this, um, coming to this point of saying, oh, actually, this delay could make sense. But the truth is, we can't even delay for long. How long will it even take to educate 180 million of us? Yeah, they, they will catch up. They will catch up eventually. So, so, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very keen. I'm very keen on this. According to the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa, um, they said about three point four trillion dollars. That is the worth of this agreement, the the, the continental free trade area. Mm. Once, once, one over a billion people um, trade freely mm. in this continent. That will that will that will result in over three point four trillion. That's the size of the economy. That's, that's the size of that's the different market. different different GDP. Yeah. So my question now is, Nigeria has over four hundred fifty. Nigeria has over one hundred and eighty million. Uh, million people, and what's the relationship between a country like Rwanda that has about two to three million people mm. and Nigeria with 180 million people. If we go by this um, free trade agreement, does it, is it an advantage for Nigeria or disadvantage? What's the benefits? Is it, is it, is it something that will, um, that, that will affect the population of Nigeria positively? To, to, well, to a large it can if it can affect us positively if our government um, do the right things. Yeah. Set up the right uh, the policies for employment. The ease right? of business. The, yeah, apart from ease of business, like looking at minim- the issue of minimum, minimum wage, yeah. the issue of there are different different things that affect a worker. If they can address those factors, now we have some natural endowment in Nigeria, and a widespread of of of, of it a lot actually. A lot. So this could be an advantage yes. in terms like oh let's say uh, uh, let's say production of of, of let's say even the steel industry for instance and they decide to take it more seriously the Jakuta steel uh, complex and then there's another African country that has the money they are willing to invest and they can come into an agreement and say okay you know what we just need percentage work this percentage workforce will be from us this percentage workforce will be from but then if the workers are treated rightly it will always play to our advantage we'll find out that we'll have less people living mm. you have more people around and people are actually gainfully employed and paid adequately. When the case where there are, there's no policy brought up to address worker or the, the, the workers and the, and the businesses as well, you find out that okay, country that's there's more advanced in that area would set up the business there and actually wouldn't mind spending more to transport the raw material like what the Europeans have been doing all these years. Rwanda won't mind spending to buy a raw material. Do you understand? Like what do we do? So if we can address that issue, 
You understand? The popul- the, 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 we as a country, you know, would actually do better. Let, let, me, mm-hmm. let me pitch in here. Rwanda, in 24 hours, you can register your business online. That's how easy it is to set up a business. No bottlenecks. In two months, you can set up a plant in Rwanda, actually. It's quite even, right now, even forget the CFT, it's quite easy for Nigerian businessmen. I, I, I can't count the number of times Kagame has come to Lagos to ask for Nigerian industrialists to come to Rwanda and establish. So imagine if that CFT now runs and there's also ease of movement. Tuma can actually move to Kigali, set up his plant in two, three months with the, with the perfect resources. Mm. And we even be buying Nigerian cotton. You, you won't mind risking everything to buy Nigerian cotton just because he knows that he's not going to spend money he's not going to spend money on, on tariffs, he's not going to spend money on power, he's not he's going to the, the, the wage demands will be very low in, in, in Rwanda and all that. He will have skilled labor and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So you can you can see the, the advantage Rwanda will have over Nigeria at the way we are at right now. So yeah, I um, think initial yeah. conditions are very important. Yeah. So one on the African Union Commission um, aspect, there needs to be a more coordinated continental effort to build regional infrastructure to facilitate trade. Because we can talk about all the possible positive uh, things that can come about trading freely with each other, but when that trade doesn't happen, all these benefits would be realized. Mm -hmm. So it would be important to tackle infrastructure uh, concerns to facilitate this trade. Mm. Also, on the national level, you could argue that Nigeria is already a big enough market for our manufacturing sector to push their products. 180 million yeah, people yeah. is a lot, actually. So, what have been the limitations over the years has um, not allowed them to expand and take advantage of the markets. So even within Nigeria, it's not saturated. There's a lot of scope for the manufacturing sector to grow. Mm-hmm. But some of these limitations that we've alluded to throughout these discussions still limit yeah, their capacity. So there needs to be efforts to put them at a better advantage to take on the entire continent. Mm-hmm. True. When, when, when you talk about revenue as well, Nigeria currently operates a trade surplus when trading with other countries. So the the loss in tariff revenues on the custom side will be marginal compared to the gain that uh, domestic manufacturers will have when they no longer face tariffs Mm -hmm. when they approach other African countries. The biggest concern here for me is that at a time when uh, we're going out seeking investment, approaching foreign investors, trying to boost their confidence in the Nigerian economy, um, highlighting some of the advantages, the large market, uh, the growing economy. You actually want them to bring that foreign direct investment because it adds jobs, it helps the economy to grow. With an agreement like the CTFA, uh, Somebody that is not particularly interested in smaller African, other smaller African countries, but in the Nigerian economy, that has been on defense before now. Maybe like a South African industrialist. Yeah, or even um, Western or mm. Asian, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
my uh, people looking to take advantage mm-hmm. of the Nigerian market, but because of some of the um, bureaucratic bottlenecks and ease of business doing business issues, they've been on defense, not really wanting to commit. Mm-hmm. If we have a CTFA, I feel they can easily go to a uh, neighboring African country, put in all that FDI mm-hmm. there, and then that empowers the economy. Mm-hmm. So is a matter of Nigeria losing out on mm-hmm. foreign direct investment. Mm-hmm. And then that um, foreign investor will still have access to the Nigerian market. 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 Mm-hmm. True. So that's one of the biggest yeah. concerns mm-hmm. I, I see. I think, um, I, think, I think I saw an argument with Twitter yeah. by um, uh, economic expert, I've forgotten his name, but he was using the angle of Chinese, the Chinese goods flooding the market because they will set up mini plants in countries like hypothetical countries say it was using a hypothetical case that yeah. if the chinese firms that uh, set up an assembling plant in, in kotonu the products will flood the nigerian market okay. quite fast and easy yeah, because you of know, the cfta mm-hmm. you, you you can make the argument that kotonu for example <laughs> there's a big market for used vehicles mm-hmm. yes, right. and where is the target market Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there might be a similar thing going on with other products. Well, well, and even with the with the with the car thing now, um, there are tires to to yeah. put on the, um, uh, the second hand yeah. vehicles. So imagine if the CFTA agreement is Nigeria signs it and imported second hand vehicles aren't in the ten percent. Yeah, so that's also the nitty-gritty. One, yeah, those are the nitty-gritties that Nigeria has to come to the table at AUC. Really prepare. So we need, we need, we need really top-class economic You know, if yeah, exactly. If all this while that people have been talking about the Continental Free Trade Agreement that will bring about the free trade area, if all this while we didn't have proper stakeholder engagement. And now the presidency is setting up a committee that has two weeks to deliver a Nigerian position on the CTFA. I think is a small window period for very small uh, to for meaningfully mm. engage every Nigerian stakeholder. Uh, stakeholder. problem with Nigerian and we take important issues. So now, like now we have just man and NLC identified as CSO participants in these so-called stakeholders. So it needs, the discussion needs to be taken to Nigerian universities, what are our faculties that are experts in uh, trade relations saying about the potential impacts of such an agreement. Mm-hmm. What are regional integration experts saying, you know? If every Nigerian can't have an idea about every policy, especially when it comes to foreign policy of the government. But then we have these pockets of people that are specialized in this particular thing. These are the people that need to be brought to the table. You have the issue of the uh, EU partnership agreements that Nigeria has, under the Gulag administration, refused to sign to allow uh, to liber- liberalize trade between Nigeria and EU countries. That's yes. exactly what Tunisia did. You know, so most other 13 West African countries have signed. 
and man was instrumental in Nigeria not signing that agreement, raising concerns about being uncompetitive yet with European manufacturers and then being phased out of the market. There are some solid arguments behind that, but those arguments were articulated well. That was why Nigeria, despite massive lobbying, will abstain from such an agreement. And now people are raising the question that if most of our West African partners as well as other African countries are signed. into have signed EPAs that, with, with, with the EU. With mm. the EU. What happens when we have a free trade area? So those nitty gritties are what should be Nigeria's major points of discussions. Mm. If we are drafting an agenda to mm. carry to uh, negotiations. Yeah. Those are the things that so we'll be really clear on countries of origin mm -hmm. for manufactured goods. So if this is coming from the EU, for example, and we've not signed the um, EPA, we let EU not bypass us not signing that and coming through other countries. Mm -hmm. So if it's not made in Ghana, then we're going to even if it's coming from, from Ghana, Ghana it should be subject to the duties that apply from the country of origin. That, 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 that is mm -hmm. what I think we should. That answers, that answers my question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you, you look at the Brexit negotiations, for instance. That is actually exactly what Joseph is saying. One of the major things that UK did not do when they were signing all these open trade agreements with the EU was these specifics, and that, that's where you see the gaps happening. You had custom, uh, you had products from most major products from these smaller European countries flooding the, 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 the UK markets. Local manufacturers always complain. I think they still complain right now. The ones, the tea manufacturers right now, they can't compete with the, 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 the Swiss companies. They can't compete with the, the French companies. The same thing with the fashion industry in UK. They can't compete with the, you can't compete with Italy. You just can't compete with Italy because of this uh, sort of agreement. So now, they are trying to kick out. Obviously, they want to kick out. They have they already... Uh, Initiated process of, process of exiting. But they still want to have some benefits even after getting out of the EU. So basically, so basically yeah. it's... Um, my last question um, is, is there a window for signing this agreement? Can we wake up at any time and say, okay, we are ready to sign this agreement? It's on the table. You could join. You're an African country. Mm. You're a part of the process that led to this legal instrument. But the legal instrument has been signed. Kicking off further negotiations about the nitty-gritties of the free trade area. If you don't partake in this foundational mm. stage of uh, the deliberations, then I guess you have a little window you to have, join that table. You have to accept. Influence. Yes. Yes. I, I don't think we will be able to influence. Once, once we come in late, yeah. once we come in late, already people that have, people, early signers, we have their arguments attended to first and they will be Look, if we get yeah, the, and the sentiment, you know, just last month, in fact, it wasn't when the president was in Addis. It was his friend from Niger, the Isuku. Nigerian mm. president, Isuku. was the uh, person that the AUC uh, put in place to spearhead the CTFA. And the president was very 
um, seemed very positive about signing the agreement and all of a sudden pulled out. You understand? Mm -hmm. So there will be sentiments around, around it. When, um, when your other African countries are doing something. Yeah. There might be a feeling of South, South Africa would easily fit in when they finally decide to sign down Nigeria. I don't know why, but I have that feeling. Maybe it's because we, we uh, diplomatically were not really as and strong. I'm, not, as I'm not sure about why South Africa chose not to sign immediately. I learned that there was a South African delegation. Yeah, they signed the Kigali Free Movement Agreement. Yeah, so it might be due to the recent change in government. government. Probably. So that might have influenced that. But it's also good to understand that the South African uh, economy is a lot more sophisticated than Nigeria. They were eager to sign the EPA, for example, because they had an export base that could benefit from having access to the European mm, market. Absolutely. So it's it's more it's different, very different than yeah. ours where even processing stuff we have not yet <laughs> achieved. I mean So thank you very much guys for listening. Um want to say very big thank you to Mr. Tuma for honoring our invitation. In a very short notice. <laughs> and to um and to Joseph, Joseph for always um having our back when absolutely. it comes to um topics like this so um major shout out to our um, other panelists that are not here major shout out to akim for all the graphics and a very big thank you to all our followers on twitter and people that actually take out the time to listen thank you guys and until next week bye there's no more we get the land plenty plenty land plenty plenty farm we get the energy Plenty, plenty oil, plenty, plenty sun. Water day, Jaburata, River Niger day, River Benue day. But for ordinary man, simple things to enjoy, we no fit to get. Water unko, you know day. Light unko, you know day. Ordinary food to chop, you know day. Ordinary house to sleep, you know day. Never tired to the yarn, I go speak my thoughts. Cause time don't reach for my people, Kassala to boss. I spell like yarn till him go, but my people no see. Politicians still the yarn dust on top TV. We put satellite for space, but we no get light. Or would they blow my people? Still, we no one fight. We be the top five richest oil nation for globe. But my people no fit afford kerosene for stove. We never finish, civilians don't come. Now all of them, they chop our money turn by turn. Remember 84, we be the beggar to make it stay. Dollar na five naira then. Now 140 today, we just suffer and smile Our debts they pile, to build come on See how my people they file All we do is pray and hope for a new day But nothing go happen till we change our ways Me I go yan, me I go speak my mind Me I go yan, them things say we blind Like we yan, why are my people so poor? We can't take this no more